Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast. Yay. <laughs> well, welcome to our second episode of the Golden Girls Podcast. Yes. How you feeling, T-Mitch? I'm excited. Uh, still getting acquainted with things, but um, excited. Yes, me too. Um, it was really weird to hear my voice recorded, so um, I'm getting used to that. Um, so many things I was like, oh my God, I sound like that to people. But um, yes, so I do. <laughs> for me, you know, like I absolutely hate hearing my voice, mm-hmm. but I heard it and I actually was pleased. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I thought you sounded great. Thank I did. you. Um, so, how are you feeling this week? Um, I'm good. I'm going to leave it at good. Okay. Working through some things, but I'm good. Okay, good. Um, I think I'm kind of sick or my allergies are messing up. My sinuses are all over the place. So um, my energy has been drained for the past two, three days. Like it has been an adventure, but it's all right. Um, And I started a new job with no energy. It's been a lot going on, but I'm going to make it. Um, Well, congrats on the new job. Thank you. And definitely want to send some uh, energy. uh, Definitely positive your way. Thank you. Um, okay, so last week, if you missed our episode, um, it was an introduction episode, obviously, it was our first one, and then we talked a lot about our journey of black womanhood, and what that means, and why we wanted to start a podcast, and what it meant to us, um, and so we talked about trials and tribulations, and just making it through, and just being a beautiful, um, black, wonderful, amazing queen, you know, like we just are all the time. Absolutely. Um, and then we talked... <laughs> Um, oh, really quick. So I know that we just dropped our first episode um, and it went on Spotify first, but actually it is now available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Bang. Bang. And so you will also be able to pick up that episode on our website. That is www.goldengirlsmentoring.org. All right. So, yeah. So if you're looking for us, um, let us know. And then we also have a um, you can look up Golden Girls Mentoring on Facebook and you also can look it up on Instagram. Yes. All right. Um, and so today we want to talk a little bit about black womanhood in the workplace. Um, that's kind of our topic for this show. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about why this discussion is so important and why we think that? It should be a whole topic for a podcast. Absolutely. Um, For me, like I kind of wanted to frame it from the perspective of uh, what the leadership role is Mm -hmm. or what uh, a good boss 
uh, looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was thinking about it during the week, all I could think about was the movie Horrible Bosses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I've actually seen it, but just the whole concept of it, um, because I've had such uh, exceptional women that have led and coached me in the past mm-hmm. and then to experience I'm sorry, y'all, but a horrible boss. <laughs> it is deadening to my soul, and it it really is uh, just weighing heavy on me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with that being said, um, working in organizations that were led by very confident African-American women helped to build my confidence, mm-hmm. Amen. and it helped me um, to just walk with the strut like no other. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just thankful for that. And I've tried to lead even in that way and coach other women and men, cause I've had men on my team, mm-hmm. um, as well, but to coach my team, like I was coached and led. Um, and so for me, it's just disheartening, like I said, to, um, experience the other side, which is a good thing, mm-hmm. um, because, um, experience is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. And if it's all uh, unicorns and rainbows, mm-hmm. uh, you'll never know what to expect on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just remember, um, I'm, I'm going to say that, like, I'm very spiritual. So um, I just remember praying and saying, like, Lord, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And very clearly, it's like, I'm showing you what not to be. Mm-hmm. I'm showing you what not to do. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, even during this hard place, this hard time, to know that uh, I'm building you up. Mm-hmm. So um, oh, that I accept beautiful. that. I'm a carrier. Yes, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, so it's important. It's an important topic to me because one of my weaknesses, at least from my own self evaluation, is that I struggle with navigating the workplace um, for myself, and so I'm really good at helping other people and coaching other people and telling them, you know, walk in there and ask for that raise and, you know, tell your boss that you're not going to do it. What do you mean? (laughs) But when the shoe is on my foot, it like, I almost have an anxiety attack. Like Mm -hmm. it is very, very difficult for me to do. And it's, it's, um, it goes from small day to day tasks to just, um, scope of work and just things like that. Um, so it's just, for a while, I just thought it was a weakness in me, and I just wasn't good enough, and it broke my confidence mm-hmm. um, until I started to speak to other women, and me and you would have our phone conversations right. upset, and I started to realize that this is something that's difficult for us as black women any. Well, I think it's for everyone, but specifically for us as Absolutely. black women, um, because it's a it's a hard line. It's a, it's a very thin line. To, to stand on because it's like if I'm too dominant, if I'm too aggressive, then I'm an angry black woman. Right. And then if I'm not, then all of a sudden, um, you know, I'm weak and, right. I'm, and I'm being manipulated and I can get trampled over. And so I just um, that has been my journey of the past maybe two or three years professionally and just trying to work my way out of that. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I think that we should just open the conversation up. And um, once the podcast is over, we definitely want to hear you guys post uh, your comments on Absolutely. our social media Share about your, your experience. experiences. Because um, we know this is something that is known 
across the board um, and experience across the board. And it's not so. just happening with us. No, absolutely not. And it's happening in any, in all types of workplaces. Absolutely. Because um, we work in kind of similar settings. settings. And yeah. so, um, but yeah, I think this is something I've heard this from my friends in accounting and I've heard this from my friends um, in business and I've, you know, I've heard this from my friends in the arts. Yeah. So I definitely think it's something that we need to spread across the board um, and just make it known. And it's okay that, you know, we struggle with it and what it, what does it look like to be an accepted black woman in the workplace? Absolutely. And so I just want you guys to remember that we are uh, living this out loud for you. Like we're no longer just having our private conversations. Mm -hmm. We're doing this um, to help someone else get to their next level. And so I just want to say to you, destiny that, um, Everything that you need is already within you. You know that. Um, Even though sometimes individuals do, um, we give them that power to break our confidence or make Mm -hmm. us seem as though we're not enough, but you're enough. You're more than enough. Mm -hmm. And so I just want you to know that you've already been equipped. It's in there. I know the same thing. I had those very same feelings Mm -hmm. that you've had, um, but just being able to press through it. And when you, even when you don't know, I'm, I'm going to admit to this. Sometimes I fake it until I make it. (laughs) And so, uh, people will think like, oh my goodness, she has so much confidence. Mm -hmm. And, um, I do. And sometimes though, that confidence, um, is peeking out uh, a little bit, but nobody knows because it, it's, uh, out loud to them Mm -hmm. but down on the inside it's like oh my goodness am I getting this right Mm -hmm. so I just want you to know and I have to remind myself of that too um I saw recently on um the red table Mm -hmm. Alicia Keys and uh Jada Pinkett Smith Mm -hmm. uh were having sort of the same conversation not necessarily in the workplace but just the same conversation about um, that confidence, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes not feeling like you're enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that is uh, one of the reasons we're doing this Absolutely. to share. Um, we're not just enough. Uh, we're more than enough. Absolutely. And so uh, just want to uh, hopefully that uplifted somebody today. I appreciate. Thank you so much. Um, So before we get really deep into this conversation, because I feel like we can talk about this for hours, um, let's smooth our way into one of our first segments um, and let's do our bold or gold. Okay. So if you missed last week's episode, um, one of our segments is called Boulder Gold. And so what it is, is we talk about current events, um, pop culture, just things that are going on. And we both kind of decide if we think it's bold, which is like bad, um, or gold, which is like amazing. So um, our first topic we're going to talk about today is um, Shaka Khan, Whitney Houston, and Notorious B.I.G. are finally becoming nominees. In the Rocky, <laughs> in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, so, Teresa, what do you think? Do you think it's bold or gold? Um, I think it's gold, but I think that they shouldn't just be nominees. I think they should kind of already be there. So. Absolutely. Bang, um, bang, 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 bang. Absolutely. Bang, um, so bang. I agree. Um, I think it's a mix of both because why are we doing this when two of them are not even alive anymore? Right. You know, like, I feel like, I, to be honest, I guess I'm, so I think it's bold. I'm just going to stick to it. I'm going to hold to what I, how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, because for sure, Whitney Houston should have been in it 20 years ago. Like, I I don't even understand how her name has never come up in I that agree. conversation. Um, and the same for Shaka Khan and Notorious B.I.G. Um, I think 
that we are just getting to a point where our culture and our music and our expression is finally getting a little bit of the just do that we deserve. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is kind of um, a reaction to that. But again, I still think it's bold. I think we should have did that a long time ago. Okay. Um, So our next one is, um, you know, 2K, the basketball game. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) Sort of kind of. So obviously, guys, that's Miles Junk. Um, But... So I know a lot of guys that play 2K. My husband faithfully buys 2K every year. It comes out in September every year, um, right around his birthday. And it's a thing. It has been a thing for the 10 years that I've known him and all his friends. And, like, they sit up all night and play it. Like, I hear him yelling at 3 o'clock in the morning um, about this game, like, with his friends that live in Miami and in Texas and all over the place. And they they have, like, five-way phone calls, and then now you can do it on the Internet, and that's a whole new thing. Um, But to be honest, you know, I don't really care about the game. But the cool thing now (laughs) is that this year they added the WNBA to the roster. Yes. Um, And so, well, I'll let you talk first. What do you think, um, bold or gold? So I absolutely uh, think it's gold. Mm -hmm. I am not a gamer at all. I'm going to just admit that. Mm -hmm. But uh, our golden nephew, Khalil, Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely uh, awaits uh, this as well. Uh, But I think it's dope uh, for any girl gamers that are out there Mm -hmm. to be able to see uh, women on the game. Absolutely. Um, By the way, how old is Khalil? He is nine. My husband is 30, y'all. So I just, <laughs> just want you to know the difference. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's both. I mean, I think it's gold. Um, I think that it is amazing that girls will be able to get this game and participate in that way um, now. Because my husband already told me he's never going to play with the WNBA uh, team. Yeah. He's a hater, but, you know. Now that's bold. It is bold, right? <laughs> um, and his whole little crew have already said, like, that was a waste of time. But I disagree 100%. Um, I think it is an amazing thing for women. Because girls don't usually play sports games. No, I'm sorry. I, I, that was the first <laughs> thing I played. Oh, really? That was actually the – because, I mean, Cause you're awesome. it was new. And it was just <laughs> like – I feel like females can shoot really good. Yes. So that was the okay. first thing I tried to do. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, listen. I love Miles. See, Miles is awesome. Absolutely. Yes. That's one of a kind because <laughs> everybody else, all the other guys I know talked about it. But you know what? They probably secretly played and just didn't tell anybody. That's. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Um, all right. So our next one is Gina Rodriguez. Um, she is the star of... Um, Jane the Virgin and so she used the n-word on the internet while she was singing a song by the Fugees (laughs) so (laughs) she was quoting uh, Lauren Hill um, and you can tell in the video it was her song um, and she was getting her hair done and you know she just was rapping the lyrics Mm -hmm. and she went right ahead and said the n-word as well Um, now this is a Latina actress um, 100% Latina I believe and so uh, do you think it was bold or gold, or what's your opinion on that? Huh. Um, I actually think that she was singing, mm-hmm. and so um, I I don't I I 
I don't know. I'm yeah. torn here because, <laughs> you know, uh, we're in a place now where everybody is kind of on the edge of their seats. Mm-hmm. And so we have to just be mindful mm-hmm. of the things that we say um, kind of at all times, which is uh, some of what I say to our girls. Like, you never know who's watching. Yeah. However, social media was watching yeah. and somebody grabbed that clip oh, and, and kept it going. And so uh, for that... Uh, where it was her jam. You can see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we do. We have to just be mindful at all times because individuals are looking up to you. They are watching. And people will take things out of context all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know where to put that, honestly. I mm-hmm. just don't. Um, and I'm okay with that. It's almost like when my four and five year old we're in the car generally i mentioned last time i have my radio on the gospel station Mm -hmm. but every now and then you know i put the radio on maybe a little michael jackson to come on for them Mm -hmm. but uh what's the comedian name uh living my best life um little duval little duval Mm -hmm. and so his song comes on and my baby asked you know why they bleep it out you know, the words. And I'm like, how do you know these words? But it's almost even like that. Like, mm-hmm. if this is your jam, you're singing the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so um, we can't be uh, so hypersensitive mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time. We just can't. Agreed. Agreed. So um, I actually agree with you. So I think that the culture of our... Uh, society right now is everybody's on the edge of their seats and um, I'm torn by it because in a lot of ways people need to be Um, I think there are a lot of things that have been ignored and um, a lot of isms racism ageism sexism that has just been sweeped under the rug and um, you know they need need to be loud and proud about it um but then on the flip side, if we get too far and we get too extreme, then we're no longer learning lessons. We're no Absolutely. longer creating community and we're no longer building together. Now it's just about picking little things from each person. Right. Um, so I actually, I think it was gold. I think she was jamming to her song. Um, I think Lauren Hill is the ish. She is the bottom, like, always. <laughs> and so, um, and... Well, I know some people had were upset about it, but it just reminds me back when J Lo said it um, in her song with Ja Rule, and people were kind of upset. But even then, I was um, I was young. I don't remember exactly when. I think I was in my early teens. It was a long time ago. Um, but she said it once, and people were kind of upset. I didn't see a problem with it then. Um, now, don't let me be clear. You cannot be a white person and say Absolutely that in front not. of me. I'm Absolutely. sorry. <laughs> um, there, there are no passes. <laughs> no. Um, I love my white brothers and sisters, but I don't care if it's in the song. You Absolutely. better bleep it out. Absolutely. Um, but I do think my brown brothers and sisters, I think they get that pass. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, I, I'm, they get that pass. Um, we have shared a lot of struggles. Um, we have been through a lot of similar things and then a lot of different things. Um, and there are a lot that they're going through right now where their families are Absolutely. being, you know, shipped from this country. Like kids are waking children up and their parents are, being are gone. But children yeah, are being snatched away from their from parents. Yeah, from their parents. And so I just, I, 
it's too hypersensitive. I think that um, I love social media, but it gives everybody an opinion and everybody thinks their opinion is the most important and it gets out of hand. Um, and so she issued an apology and uh, she said, you know, if I offended anyone, I'm sorry. Um, and a lot of people on social media didn't like that. Right. Like, oh, if there's an if in there, it doesn't matter. It's not if you offended, you did, you know. Um, You're a phony. Yeah. Hey, this guy's a great <laughs> big... Pretty much. Love the the sound effect. Phony. (laughs) Like, leave that woman alone and let her jam to Lauryn Hill. Because I think it's even bigger that we need to recognize that Lauryn Hill, with one album by herself, like, is crossing over. impacted, though. Uh, culture, yes, uh, generation after generation, absolutely, so. and that's a black woman. Like absolutely. she is admiring a black woman, and we're gonna break her down for that. That's an issue. Um, so I think it was gold that she was jamming to her song. <laughs> so um, our last Boulder gold today. Um, I was it was either today or yesterday. I was listening to the Breakfast Club, and they were talking about Kim and Kanye. Um, okay. So apparently, this Sunday on Kicking It, no, I'm lying. Keeping it up with the Kardashians. That's the name of their reality show. Um, they showed a conversation between Kim and Kanye about Kim's Met Gala dress. Okay. Um, and so it's on your second page, um, guys. I print out like a whole. Uh, she don't know. I looked Thing. at it before this time. <laughs> but um, so he really didn't like this dress. Now, if you guys remember Kim's Met Gala dress, it was intense. Um, she the whole goal was that she looked like she was dripping wet. Um, and I think she achieved it because she did look like she was dripping wet <laughs> um, for sure. But it was a big thing about the corset that she had and it cinched her waist in ridiculously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they showed that Kanye expressed, um, you know, you are my wife now. Um, this is not a direct quote, guys, but you are my wife now and I'm transitioning from being a rapper and I've been around women who have worn tight clothes and short clothes and, you know, they've done these things for attention and I don't want that coming from my wife now this is the night before the Met Gala um and so her response basically was like I understand and I respect your transition Mm -hmm. but I'm not there and this is my brand right so we already know we are gonna say (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah so uh give us your reaction Teresa so uh just because I uh, can identify just kind of with Kanye mm-hmm. uh, being um, in a space of transition. Mm-hmm. Like when you uh, make that transition, like things don't add up the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you begin to not like mm-hmm. some of the same things or uh, just your mindset uh, is different uh, mm-hmm. because when you make the decision to change your mind, you can change your life. Yeah. Like absolutely. honestly. And so where he is uh, transitioning and uh, his connection and his spirituality um you know is just uh shining a little more um he sees things a little differently yeah. how, but like dog for real yeah you know your wife <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right <laughs> and so but you know as a woman like why put that much pressure on me like literally mm-hmm. the night before mm-hmm. and so um i think it was bold for him to you know just kind of lay all of that on her 
uh, the night before. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I could only imagine uh, carrying that like, oh, my goodness, he doesn't approve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But this is what I have to put on. Yeah. And so you yeah. gonna have to deal with it at yeah. this point. So it's bold for her to have to just carry that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just know that I understand where he's coming from because I've been in that space of transition and where my relationship uh, where it went from religion to relationship. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely know where he is. Mm-hmm. Um, not per se, but I know about the transition. So Absolutely. Um, so I agree. Um, I think it was bold to bring that up to her the night before. Um, I think that was a conversation that should have been had six months ahead of time because they put that much time into figuring out what they're going to wear to the Met Gala. It's th- the biggest night in fashion, pretty much. Um, And so she had already tried it on multiple times. They had already did all of their things they needed to do to get it to fit right. And it was just a really bad time um, because that was a big night for her. Um, I do think that he has the right to express his feelings and express where he was coming from. Um, I think the timing was horrible. Yeah, Yeah, I do. Um, And then also, just to be honest, I agree with Kim. Um, because for me, and I'm actually going to ask your opinion too, Miles, um, since you're the only guy in the room. But um, for me, one of the things about our about me being married, and um, I've been married. My two year anniversary is Monday, actually. Um, thank you. So um, I've been married two years, and one of the things that I wanted to make sure is that I stayed an individual. Um, it doesn't matter what my husband is doing, who he is, what his brand is, what he's building. I'm still going to be my separate everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a conversation me and him had early on into preparing for marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, because he is his own light shining bright over, you know, on the other side of the world. (laughs) Um, and I love it and I respect it. Um, but I just, I, I made it very clear to him. And so Kim saying, I understand your transition. Mm-hmm. I respect your transition, mm-hmm. but that's not where I am. And at the end of the day, that's not what makes my money. Right. Um, and it has been okay with you all this time. And just because you're in that certain step or process, that place in your process, you can't really force that on me. Um, and I think that is important just for successful to be successful in a marriage anyway. Um, so, since Miles is our only gentleman in the room, I actually want to get his opinion too. Um, I agree with Kim on the branded thing because Kanye has had probably the worst two years as far as his brand goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and again, you, Kim has a past mm-hmm. and I feel like she's been doing better. Like she's a lawyer now mm-hmm. and she's into fashion. Mm-hmm. My wife is into fashion. Mm-hmm. Everybody like you let her wear this. If she's happy, I'm fine mm-hmm. because she's not going to stop what makes me happy. So, mm-hmm. and again, I understand the transition as well. But again, in your transition, you're still doing things she may not like. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, we don't know what Kim says to him either. Yep. yep. So it's in there. Yeah. It's always a lot of sides to stories, but yeah. Kanye needs to stop. Yeah, he agreed. does. Like he gotta relax. He noticed this is his wife, so mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, um, and so I was gonna say, yeah. you know, we don't know uh, what the conversation. Hopefully, they had uh, mm-hmm. some additional communication behind this, right. mm-hmm. um, you know, to smooth things out because they were smiles, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. at the end. Uh, so um, that's what matters. You know, we have to make compromises uh, in marriages. Absolutely. <laughs>
Thank you for your input, Miles. Um, all right, so then let's move our way back into our main topic yes. um, to talk about black women in the workplace. Um, and so uh, I kind of ha- have a lot of ideas of what we can go on, but um, I think that one of the biggest things is dealing with conflict in the workplace as a black woman because of um, the line of being the angry black woman versus being the passive black woman. And you're either one or the other. You cannot be anything in between. Um, And that's just what it is. You're either going to get ran over or you're going to be a bitch. Let's just get it there. Um, And so um, how, what, I guess, how do you deal with conflict? And maybe you want to talk a little bit about experiences that you've had with conflict and how you got through them Mm -hmm. um, negatively or positively or what lessons you learned from them. Okay. So for me, um, relationship is everything. Communication Mm -hmm. is everything. And so when you have a relationship and you're able to communicate uh, with whoever the leader is or just other women um, in the workplace, it just uh, organically and naturally uh, helps things to flow better. Um, because like there's an open line, Mm -hmm. um, it, you, you, you're comfortable Mm -hmm. with being able to talk about whatever needs to be put on the table. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes there's tension, but being able to know that you can put it on the table Mm -hmm. and deal with it. But then there's times where, um, I found myself kind of like in between the passive and the angry black woman, mm-hmm. because I've always kind of been seen as the mediator mm-hmm. yeah. of things. And then somehow I've made my way to, uh, she just, uh, cause of the fuss, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's insane. And so what I do try to do in those situations is follow protocol. Yeah. Documentation. Amen. Yes. Try to follow that so that, um, as you look back over things, you can say, well, I tried to resolve it. Mm-hmm. I tried to, you know, take the necessary steps um, to eliminate whatever conflict mm-hmm. uh, was there. Um, and sometimes, you know what, you just have to uh, carry it and wear it and, and be okay with it. Agreed. And so, um, truthfully, that's where I'm at now, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. That's um, where I'm at now. <laughs> <laughs> today right now (laughs) right i'm good but that's where i'm at agree um documentation ladies and gentlemen like documentation matters so much more than you think like get those emails out per our conversation like so important get that stuff out because you cannot just go and complain and be loud and angry nope. and affect and think that you're going to get changed nope, it's, from it's, it. It's almost a conversation that hasn't been had. Absolutely. Yes. If it is not on paper, it never happened. Yeah. Um, and so also read your codes of conduct, read your employee handbooks, find out what the process is for all of these things. Um, because sometimes it's, you know, it might look like discrimination. Um, Absolutely. Harassment. Like uh, you mentioned the label, oh, she's just causing a fuss. Yeah. And that is something that it seems like I hear from black women all the time. Just talking about our work days, we get blew off. and yeah. Oh, she's just causing a fuss. Um, I think it's similar to, I know a little while ago there was a conversation on social media about black women who are um, sick or pregnant and mm-hmm. going to the hospital and doctors just automatically think yeah. that, oh, they're just being dramatic. Oh, they're causing a fuss. Like that's literally what yeah. has been said. And women have died or gotten really Absolutely. sick because they didn't get the care that they need. Um, Serena Williams talked a lot about it when she had her baby mm-hmm. and 
how she felt like she wasn't cared for in the way that um, she needed to be. Right. And so that's Serena Williams. Exactly. So can you imagine <laughs> what Tanisha Williams feel right, like? Right. You know, exactly. Over on the east side. Yep. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so that happened. Those microaggressions we have to pay attention to Absolutely. in our work every day. Um, and then another thing is black women. I'm sorry. I'm always biased for black women. Like we naturally just sweat out magic. Like it's just who we are. Um, like, like period. We, yeah. That's just who we are. It comes off. Um, one of my struggles that I had to accept is that I command the room whether I want to or not. Absolutely. And um, I spent a long time trying to dilute that and trying, like, oh, I want to wear this outfit because I don't want to be seen, you know. That's I, oh, that golden glow, girl. It, oh, and it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out no matter what. Um, and Or I've been in meetings before and I'm like, I just won't say anything. And before I know it, my mouth is running because I can't help but put my opinion in. I need we need things to be done correctly. We need things to be done as a unit and as a group. Right. Um, and so we have to start owning that and be okay with being the stars and the people that are glowing in the room. And like you said, if it creates tension and conflict sometimes, that's healthy. Absolutely. Um, that was one of my, that's also been a, a issue for me. If I knew that I was walking out of a situation and there was still conflict, yeah. I, I would feel uneasy about it. Like, I would have extremely high anxiety because I want everyone to leave happy. Right. And that's just not real. That's mm -hmm. not how it is. And that's not how we reach our goal all the right. time. Um, and I'm leaving in a fuss because I have anxiety. And right. so um, I think that we all need to do that sometimes. So um, conflict is not always a bad thing. It's just important to document it. Yes. Um, navigate through it. Um, stand your ground. Definitely. Stay, I think standing your ground is a huge thing as a black woman because we just kind of get pushed away yep. in a lot of situations. Um, I will say that living in Detroit is different than living in other places in the world because um, we work in a lot of black environments that are not like that everywhere else. Right, right. And that is amazing. Let's be clear. <laughs> That's the bomb. Um, but it doesn't change anything that that's the one thing that i realized it does not change anything Absolutely. those microaggressions are nope. still, there. still there the conflict issues are still there um uh, manipulation is still there and so those are things that you just kind of have to figure out the best way to navigate through um and pick your battles yeah you know just choose, pick your battles like yeah. some battles you should be you know not literally but jumping on the table Absolutely. and screaming you to gotta stand up for something um and some other things let it ride. Yeah. Just let it go. Agree um, to disagree. Yep. Yeah, question. So I feel like we have something in common, black Ooh. men and women. Mm -hmm. um, I work in the school system, and I see what the black women go through. I see what the white women go through. Oh, yeah. I see the big difference, mm -hmm. but I see a – maybe because I'm a male, yeah. don't get me wrong, the huge difference between a black male and a white male in the schools. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. – um. Again, I feel like our voices are very deep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've always said, I they want us to talk a certain way, get a lighter pitch. That's yeah. the professional mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Naturally loud. But I feel like, like you said, that it brings the demanding mm -hmm. voice. It commands the room. It does. And 
when we talk, we're aggressive. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel like we're trying to bully them and things like that. And I said, this is my voice. This is how I talk. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, this is my tone. Mm-hmm. And it's weird just hearing that conversation. I'm just like, I've been going through that the whole year. That's crazy. Privileges is real. It is. Yeah. Um, And I was funny when you say like you naturally talk loud or it's aggressive. Um, I was at a school a few years ago and um, (laughs) we had a white woman principal and um, we had a black male first grade teacher. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. He was the loudest teacher in the building. But his first graders knew their reading and their words like Mm -hmm. nobody else. Um, And it was his natural voice. And she would constantly complain about he's yelling at the students. He's yelling at them. He's not doing, he's not treating, you know, like he's, I think her exact words was, he's running things as if this is a military. That's what she Mm. kept saying. He's running things as if there was a, this was a military. Um, And I just, was extremely offended and I constantly told her you know this is the life that these kids live the men in their homes and their families and their communities look like this sound like this Um, and that is why he has the top scores in the building Um, and then also at the end of the day that's his voice he should be loud enough to command the room and get their attention he shouldn't be in there whispering he has 30 first graders in there and they are busy you know Um, and so I definitely think that is, it might be more of a race thing, Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely a gender thing as well. Yeah. I just, I mean, for me, like, like you said, I've always been able to uh, command the room. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't matter when it just happens. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit about, well, since we're talking about race, I guess we can just go straight into race. Um, have there been any other issues that you've ever had um, as far as racism that have affected you as being a black woman in the workplace? So I have never actually um, had an experience, honestly, okay. uh, in the workplace okay. with racism um, because I have had uh, the pleasure and uh, opportunity to just work with some really good uh, African-American leaders, women at that. That's so sweet. You guys can hear all this ruffling because my <laughs> husband just came in. He trying to slide me. So, oh, you gotta give him some points for that. Baby. Oh, I, I, no, listen, I, I am. That's why he getting a shout out right now. He's trying to secretly slide me some mozzarella sticks because I haven't ate today. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, shout out to the husbands that make sure their wives eat. Um, <laughs> but um, back to what you were saying. So, yeah, I think that's amazing. Um, I have had some experiences with race. Um, it was a while ago before I moved here. So okay. I'm originally from Muskegon, Michigan, which is on the other side of the state. Yes, shout out to 231 over everything all the time. Let me be clear. <laughs> let me take my time I'm to let you that. know. I'm going to give you that because I, I heard you say you was a 313 now. I'm just saying. I am, but, I but I bleed 231 <laughs> all the time. Like, let's be clear. Like, y'all are never going to take Muskegon out of me. But, um, and then I also went to Western michigan university so um oh yeah go broncos great day to be a bronco all that um any people that went to central i'm sorry but i don't like you so um, (laughs) (laughs) um and so um one of the experiences that i had there is i was coordinating our um freshman orientation program huge program we had four thousand freshmen coming on campus at the same time we had a leadership team 
of um, senior students. And there were three of us, one white man, one white woman, and me. Okay. And every single time we were in planning meetings, um, in implementation meetings, talking about logistics, talking about anything, um, I was always outvoted, always kind of brushed to the side. Um, whenever, So we managed a team of 36 um, students okay. as well. So six of those students were African-American. And so anytime any special messages needed to go out to them, oh, Destiny, we need you to have a quick meeting with your group. Excuse me, who is wow. my group? Like, right. Like, thought and, we was a team. Oh, I thought we were a team. <laughs> um, they actually fired one of my people. Well, because they're my they were my people by this point, but they fired one of them over like the dumbest things. Um, I remember sitting in a meeting and the white woman was she looked at me dead in my face and was like, "Well, I think one of our issues is that you're just way too aggressive." Mm. And so, um, people who have known me my whole life know that. I am my most aggressive now, not <laughs> when I was then. Um, and so I wish she had a taste of me now because I would have gave her everything I got. But I was like tiptoeing around these people all this time. Mm-hmm. And to hear, oh, you're just aggressive. Um, and then there was one like staff member. There were about four staff members. One of them was a black woman. Okay. And her reference was, you and that other woman wow. are both very aggressive. And I remember, like, yelling, like, what do me and the other woman got in common? Mm, we both are black. And I stormed out of the room because right. um, I was just done. Like, <laughs> like it, was the, it was an emotional situation. I'm I was, sure. I was completely done. Um, and, like, I cried. They fired. Now, every special message that has everyone out to the black people always went through me they fired him and didn't tell me wow. all of them were in the meeting except me they had a meeting at like six thirty in the morning so i walked into work at eight and he just wasn't there and i didn't know what was going on wow. um and they were like well we thought since you guys have built such a close relationship we thought it was good for you not to be there and so all of these things were happening i felt like because i was a black woman yeah um Anything, anytime I spoke up, it just, it was a big deal. Um, And so, but I learned a lot from it. I'm just, I'm going to be honest about it. Um, I learned how to speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, she developed a lot of my aggression. Let me be clear. <laughs> she she taught me how to be way more direct because I had to figure out how to take my emotions and my frustration yeah. and communicate that to her in a professional manner. Um, and... What's funny is I seen her like three years ago. Okay. And she tried to speak to me and I just couldn't. I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. <laughs> I, See, I couldn't do it. I'm gonna be honest. Almost, I'm different. Uh, yeah. I was just like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. That that would just be me because yeah. that just eats people up. Yeah. No. Nope. She needed to know. <laughs> I don't like you, girl. You tried it. <laughs> like no. Nope. No. Um. And Next so, time, kill it with kindness. I hope. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so, um, what about, let's see, you want to talk about sexism? It's going to be interesting with Miles right here. So I would actually (laughs) like to hear, uh, his perspective if he's ever experienced it. Um, more so because again, like I've worked for, uh, some bad ass black women. Yeah. So I've never really, um, yeah, experienced that's uh, true. any of these things, um, you know, except for the conflict. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And you know what, Miles, you actually work in a 
female dominated um, area. And so you probably have experienced it. You have anything you want to tell us? Um, with white women, yes. Um, just the conversations, um, the favors is very different. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so I have one, she's very like a blonde, a stereotype blonde. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, um, do all you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that I just <laughs> have out. a good day. Yeah. Like I just walked away and, um, yeah, it, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't go in good because like I have a smart mouth. I have like very good comebacks at times. Sometimes they're not funny, but they no, there. They make they get to the point. But no, definitely in the school system. Um, just especially being a black teacher because it's not a lot of us. Yeah. So it's a lot of random, ignorant questions. Yeah, absolutely. And so they just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as our women, no. Never yeah, dealt with it. Absolutely. Um, and so I think I want to openly say I love, I have some white women who I know who are awesome. But let me be clear. Um, y'all are the most protected people on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes your um, your sex and your race automatically gets you into rooms right it automatically gets you into places and gets you a level of understanding that we will never have yeah. um we have to fight for our understanding yeah, and sorry. they don't get that <laughs> i got a story I'm sorry. <laughs> so we have a very hard time calling off work mm-hmm. our people do mm-hmm. yeah 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 and this same oh woman i love dogs mm-hmm. i've been raising dogs my whole life oh lord her dog passed away, and she had two days off. You, I've experienced, I have experienced that where uh, an individual that had pets was given, a, she had two. This one was given four days what? off. Four white days male, off. A white male, too. Four days off. Wow. I could never. No. <laughs> I can imagine that phone call. I mean. Yeah. What if your pit bull died? Like and that my, would that's be the, over. I'm no, one of I'm those saying. ones no, that like, no, my dog is the family. Like yeah. any dog, like yeah. I be very hurt, but yeah, I know for sure I'm not gonna get the day yeah. off of that. But no, no let it be, let it be though. Uh, the black man or black woman, you're a pit bull pass. Yeah, yeah, no, you're what? not getting a yeah. day. No, you probably go get some overtime <laughs> yeah. after that. Like, yeah. no, you go we need work. you to stay after. They'll, they'll probably say something like, oh, I mean, they're really aggressive, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, like, it'll be something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I love my white female sisters. I just need y'all to understand that um, you have it really well. And there's a level of understanding that we'll never get. Yeah. Or if we do get it, we have to claw and fight our way through so much to just be accepted and just understand it. Um, and so... If if you are one of these people who are trying to help and bridge the gap, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, and just pay attention in the workplace. And and you know, to be honest, like the questions, I actually get the questions. Like mm-hmm. if you want to know something, you can ask. 
But you got to frame it the right way. Right. Don't come to me like all of you guys. No, yeah. girl. I'm not even about to entertain you. Um, or one thing that white men do to me that get on my nerves is they come to me and say, yo, what's up, girl? Do not ever yeah. do that to me. No, <laughs> that, that doesn't work. Do not. I got a sound effect, but I don't want to play it. <laughs> no, so. You just, go for it. And so this is, this is beyond the workplace, but this absolutely burns me mm-hmm. when I go to a nail salon. Oh, yeah. And I will never forget. I don't think I've been back to that nail salon since Mm -hmm. where I heard uh, the nail tech say, uh, and it was a gentleman, Mm -hmm. and he uh, said to the young lady, oh, no, Shanae. And I was Mm. like, what? Mm -mm. Oh, no. I'm done here. I will turn this place out. I'm done here. (laughs) No. But they really probably thought that was like a joke. They did. They did. Yeah. And they like, they actually think they being cool. Like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't need you to be cool offensive. in that way. Yeah. That's not okay. It was a guy or a woman? It was a guy. Mm-hmm. It was a guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like guys do it a lot. Um, I get the yo, what's up, girl, or yeah. sister, or um, they do the extra neck roll and all that. I get that from guys, um, white men, mm-hmm. a lot. And it burns me up. Um, actually... This is actually not about white men. So the other the other day I was at work, um, and there was three black women, and then um, a white woman walked into the room. Now, don't get me wrong. She's a part of the crew. Like, mm-hmm. she she's mm-hmm. she's good. Okay. I mean, um, but she walked in, and she was like, yo, what's up, bitches? <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you all three of us whipped around like, what? You, you see my head? Who's she talking <laughs> you to? You see my neck? Like, and so... <laughs> The other two ladies were like ready Like yeah. oh we finna tell her about herself I said you know what no Have a seat We need to talk <laughs> You're yeah. not that cool yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. not that cool yeah. We don't No uh-uh. I mean I don't talk to my friends that way And then also You need like 20 years in for yeah. that Like no girl. Your privilege doesn't allow you that No No yeah. That's not okay And she thought that that She she really thought that that was her embracing us. And she's like, I call all of my best girlfriends that. Girl, I don't care who you call that. Not right. up in here. Mm-mm. Like, ever. So, um, and it, it was so, it was such a big deal. Like, the three of us, the three black women, recapped later and talked ourselves about it. And just how it made us feel and how we need to handle her from here on yeah. out. Um, so, that, that was intense. That was interesting. Lisa fight didn't break up. So shout out to y'all. Amen. Right? <laughs> um, and so let's see. Do you want to talk about um, generational gaps? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, so I have experienced that mm-hmm. um, a lot of times um, because I am um, the youngest mm-hmm. uh, leader mm-hmm. um, in an organization. Like I've gotten. Um, push to the side like well she doesn't know Mm -hmm. um until i'm needed Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so um that actually burns me that pisses me off Mm -hmm. because um even with the strong tone Mm -hmm. you know when i'm needed uh you want to call me in the room Mm -hmm. yeah but otherwise you want to push me aside so that you look good yeah Yeah. and so uh i i can't get with that and so i've uh seen it again Another right now for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> having 
uh, older, <laughs> you know, and, and for me, like I look to older women, um, I acknowledge and mm-hmm. respect the elders. Mm-hmm. I just do. And I look to them for their wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I feel like you just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm, I'm with a just dumb. <laughs> Up. <laughs> yes, uh, you are. In this moment. And so, uh, but I do hope that at some point um, those individuals realize uh, that you really can um, use the individuals that are younger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more connected mm-hmm. to the current uh, population, and you have to use those resources wisely. Mm-hmm. And some people just don't, they're just stuck in their ways. And they want to, you know, do things the way that they've done for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have e- experienced that. It's like you don't know nothing yeah. because you're younger, yeah. you know. Um, and I absolutely hate that because I do. I have a lot of experience. I bring a lot of things to the table. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sorry that uh, you don't have enough confidence in yourself. Yeah. Yep. So um, that's, what the, that's what it boils down to. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Um, so being a, I'm not. I, I can't speak to being an older woman in the workplace, but being someone who has been the youngest person in the room a lot um, has been a person that's been belittled because simply because of my age, mm-hmm. um, been told straight to my face. Yeah. You know, it's simply because of my age. You were not in this conversation because you have not been working in the field long enough. Yeah, but my plan, my goals are the most effective, and I always create the most outcome. Um, Golden, baby. Period. You know, period. (laughs) Like, um, and so I I would say that to our older women, um, I think that it's important to take a step back and realize the value of our younger Mm -hmm. generation because we're younger, but we're not really. There's a whole generation under us that yeah. are now entering the workforce that we are managing. Um, and one of my biggest issues that when I'm managing people who are younger than me, I have to look at them in their face and say, I can't move a muscle. I can't give you any type of leadership. I can't give you anything because I'm stagnant because I'm being held yeah. like a pin. Yeah. And I'm not being allowed to be creative and, be, and being able to flourish, to be able to mentor and grow you. So... I feel like our older generation is sometimes stifling to our younger um, because I think we're more like middle. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they're a lot more stifling than they realize because you only want to call me in for the little things, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that are as important. And I, I mean, just being honest, I think our value is just not there. And I know that you were the bomb 20 years ago. Right, right. A part of being the bomb 20 years ago and being the bomb today is showing that you know how to embrace the newness of our society and the newness of our time. Um, That is one of our biggest things that I think is not seen. Yeah. Um, I have sat in rooms where our job is well both of us our job is to connect with people and we know how to connect with people and just being honest our older generation don't um not to our newer generation because a lot of it is through social media yeah and so if you haven't taken those classes attended those workshops taught yourself how to use the internet and how to use um all these other type of ways of communication and do podcasts and you know do other things if you haven't brought yourself into that world, you will never connect in the way that you need to to be effective. The ways that 
was effective, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago are not even accurate now. There are things that I go to my 21-year-olds. I'm like, wait, how you do this? What am I supposed to do with this? We were talking before the show started about um, the different platforms we would use for this podcast. And all three of us agree, like, we don't even know how to use Snapchat (laughs) for real. You know? I don't even have an account. And I have one, but it's only used every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And it's not... I don't use it in any way the way that I know it could be used. Right. And that's why it's so important, though, to even engage Mm -hmm. that younger generation. Like, because those things of the past, you know, they they do. They become obsolete. They do. Uh So. And the way that technology moves, it is happening way faster yeah. than it used to. Absolutely. You might have been able to sit in one spot and do the th- same thing for 10 years. Yeah. But after that, five, two, three years later, everything is completely different. Yes. And in order to build that community and build the, um, I guess, togetherness that we need in the connection, we have to start opening up. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot, because I hear a lot of older people say, like, today's generation is, insert negative term here, <laughs> like, um, today, right. you know, today's generation, they don't care about themselves. All they care about is what's on the internet. All they care, da 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 da, da. There are people making millions yes. of dollars Absolutely. sitting in their home on YouTube. Um, I work with middle schoolers, and so I'm going around the room, what do you want to be mm-hmm. when you grow up? Seven of them say a YouTuber. Right. Mm-hmm. And teachers are <laughs> shaking their head, rolling their eyes. These kids don't even understand. And I'm like, well. Things are so non-traditional now. Yeah. And so we, we have to get with the times. Yeah. We just do. We do. Um, and I think that we need it's not just bring those people in for the miscellaneous things because they're younger, because they're smaller in your eyes. These people need to be in the planning conversations and the logistic conversations. They need to be involved in the things that are in the decisions. They do. And that doesn't make you less of a leader for allowing them to come into that room. It makes you more because you understand your team and your building. Um, And so I think that I've had personal experiences with um, leaders who have obviously been intimidated by my newness, um, by my new thoughts, um, my new approach. Your confidence. And confidence. And I have been stuffed, like completely stopped, dead. Like, don't move, don't do anything until I tell you to do. Oh, yeah. go do this really small thing, you know. You're not involved at oh, all. I've been put in a box. Oh, I, yes. And <laughs> I have a cute little box in the corner. <laughs> yes, literally. Like, uh, I have literally put in a box. And now that I look back on it, the ways that it affected my confidence yeah. and who I was as a person and how I treated other people. And I was lashing out at people and didn't yeah. know why. Yeah. I mean, just all type of things like that. Um and most of it was just was simply because I wasn't allowed to be creative in the way that I felt like I should have been in my workplace. Right. Um, and that's just being transparent. And, um, and so I think another thing, I think it's important to know to be able to recognize those, tox- those toxic environments Absolutely. and figure out a way to navigate that. And if you need to get out of it. Yeah. 
Um, and so one of the, you, you just mentioned something very important because once it becomes toxic, mm-hmm. it turns from toxic to hostile. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, just so that you're not getting yourself in those positions, um, just going back to that conflict, being willing to address it mm-hmm. um, and having um, the courage, if you will, to, to put it on the table. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you have to stand for something. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to stand for something. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so I'm wondering, here's a question I have, Mm -hmm. um, maybe for miles, is this, do you have as many issues with generational gaps as you do? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I just figured, I didn't know if it was just a woman thing or not. No, it's not. It's good and bad. Okay. Um, again, like you said, you brought up the YouTube thing. Um, it's a YouTuber who shows the kids how to play Fortnite. Yeah. And it helped the kid win over a million dollars. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so it's a hit or miss. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. um, me and Mr. Williams over there, we are in a frat. Mm-hmm. We disagree with a lot of the younger, the way that the younger bros move. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it, they might win. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's very hit or miss. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, one of the things, though, with the generational gaps, Mm -hmm. even in our mentoring program, um, that's kind of how we um, eliminate those gaps Mm -hmm. by just kind of doing a wraparound where we have our youngest population supporting that uh, older mentor to keep them in the loop and keep them, Mm -hmm. you know, young and and vibrant um, by sharing what that younger generation has. So there's some overlap uh, that we even provide through Mm -hmm. the mentoring program that I think uh, brings a a different dynamic to the way that we mentor and support uh, girls and women through our program. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest lesson is that mentoring goes both ways. Absolutely. It does not just go top down. It goes down up as well. Um, and we just need to recognize that value. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, like, if I become that boss or if I become that person, yeah. you know, let me know. Yeah. Shake me out of yeah. it because I I cannot be a person who is affecting another woman's confidence mm-hmm. or affecting another woman's professionalism and have her doubting herself because of my own insecurities because a lot of it is just that I was I had the juice 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and I knew exactly how to do it and now that I don't I can't let you ain't got the juice now boo pretty much that's all of it you don't and but you would if you if you mentored and led your team in a way because your team would have it make you look good and your name is still on the top of it and and that's just always what it is and I think that's one thing that people need to realize a team is still a team it's still yours it's still you still build people up in your way you all represent each other absolutely um so that's that's my generational gap spiel. Um, let's see. So um, I think I want to. We can slide into promotions. How okay. how have you ever dealt with promotions? Um, you know what? I've had some experiences where mm-hmm. um, or I've, negotiating. Sorry, or negotiating, or yeah. not getting promotions, oh, or wow. you know what I mean. Yeah. Just and so I I have been hit with the you don't have enough experience. Yeah. Or. Um, you're too young. Mm-hmm. And so who says, mm-hmm. you know, because um, the truth of the matter is, is I'm the one with the juice yeah. that's making things happen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, but it's okay. Um, so I have been, um, you know, kind of hit with that and not been or felt like I've had to fight a little bit harder mm-hmm. or explain um, 
or state my claim. Yeah. Like, you know, this is why when my work speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, you know, that's why we're in the room together. Yep. So let's just be real about mm-hmm. it. And so um, I'm going to leave that right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and so let's see. I'll talk a little bit about promotions. Um, I think I just got one. You did. Um, <laughs> Yay, again. <laughs> I am still trying to navigate it. Um, I do want to say that that happened solely from God just because I did everything in my power to fight that. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. Um, <laughs> my confidence was just not there, and I just didn't want it. And I did not feel like dealing with the extra. Right. Um, and so I was approached well I was recommended for a position um and I I said no when the recommendation came out Mm -hmm. nope it's not me I'm not doing I'm not doing that much work like Mm -hmm. I screamed it from the the rooftops I will not take on that much responsibility I'm not doing it right um and then I got caught into a quote-unquote conversation about the position which I walked in the door and the lady there was like are you interviewing or not make up your mind Wow, <laughs> and I was like, um, "Well, I wasn't coming. I was coming to talk to you." She was like, "That's stupid. Are you interviewing or not? Make up your mind now. And if not, leave." And I had never been put on a spot like yeah. that, like ever. And so I'm, I'm already up. I don't get dressed. I'm you. You, yeah, you about to talk to this. me? Like I've been up all night. My anxiety through the roof. We gonna have this this interview, I guess. Right. Um, and we talked, and I was really, I was really proud of myself just surviving through the interview. Because when I tell you this woman is a beast, she's a beast. And when I say all T's are crossed and all I's right. are dotted, she plays no games. And she was all over me on everything. And I hung with her. I was I walked out of there just proud. I made it through the right. interview. You I gave didn't it even, back. I didn't even need nothing you say, else. I ser- <laughs> you served it. Yes. Um and that I didn't even need anything else. So thirty minutes later they call, like, Oh, you got the job. I'm like, Oh, thank you, power <laughs> But I want to respectfully decline. (laughs) Um, And I did that twice. Um, I talked to the talent recruiter person twice and said, no, um, I'm not doing it. It doesn't work with my schedule. Um, It's not a pay increase. It's so many reasons. I called you. And I was like, how do I decline? Because they will not let me decline from this job. Um, and so that same woman called me back in. Like, she number called me I didn't know. She's like, come to my office now. Like, irritated almost. I'm like, right. okay. I get in, and she's like, what is the issue? I don't understand. You need to do the job. I need you to do the job. You can do it. What? What is it? You just don't want it? And why don't you want it? Are you insecure? Like, she lit up all of my stuff in right. three minutes, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, completely like are you insecure you're never gonna do it unless you try so you're just gonna sit and be mediocre and do what you're doing and you know you could be better i mean she went for all of me um no technically she reversed psychology oh she got me together like i was i was sitting there like dang okay that gotta be in the trainer oh listen it has to be she did it oh man and so but all for the good i got ate up this summer the same way yeah Yeah. all for the good though like all for the good she ate me up um and then at the end she's like so what do you want and i was like well I can't be there that early. I was like, I just can't. Again, what did I say? Put it on the table. What are your demands? Now, I want y'all to know, 
outside, I don't know what I looked like. Inside, my body was like, my blood could have jumped out and jumped back in. Like, I was like about to die in that room. I was the hottest I've ever been. I wanted to bust in tears. I, I didn't know what was going Did on. Did you check your armpit? <laughs> I should have. Like, I definitely, <laughs> I should have. Um, but she, she was like, what do you want? I'm like, well, I can't be there that early. Because I. I chose something that I just knew she was not going to be able right. to go against. She's like, okay, I'll give you a special schedule. Does this work? I'm like, oh, shoot. And I was like, well, it's not really that much of a financial gain. Okay, how much do you want? Y'all almost passed out. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. Now I look that's back, right. I should have asked for more because I still was being very passive. And I, I, I got some, but it, I didn't get okay. enough. It's um, okay. Your performance will get that. Don't oh, worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and then, and she's like, okay, um, anything else? And I was like, well, I'm going on vacation next week and the week after that. And I was like, I already had these days approved. Right. She rolled her eyes and she was like, fine. You acting up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was like, fine. Go clean out your office at your one place and you can move your office yeah. to your new place and you start tomorrow. I'm like, oh. yeah. so, I'm so, so, I'm so proud of you. No, thank you. I just, um, and I want to make sure I talked about it because when I tell y'all I went through a full, like, almost anxiety attack. Yeah. Um, the night before I had the face-to-face meeting with her, she emailed me, like, 1130 at night, like, call me in the morning. And so I couldn't sleep. Like, it's ironic he's here. You can ask him. Like, I was moving around in the bed. I was up. I woke up at 4 o'clock that morning and never went back to sleep. Yeah. I had all these notes in my phone as to why I was going to decline and why I couldn't do it. I just, it was the hardest thing, y'all. Yeah. It, you would never think it, it was, but it was the hardest thing I had ever dealt with. It felt like. Like, it was so tough for me to do. Um, and I had to stand on it myself. Like, I called you right before right. I went in. I called him. I called, like, two other people. <laughs> and they're all like, just tell her you don't want to do it. Like, <laughs> like, just tell her what's wrong. And I was yeah. like, I can't. Like, she's a beast. It's, yeah. It doesn't work like that. Um, but I'm actually really glad I did it. Yeah. I really am. Um, the moment I said yes, it felt like a weight just was like, yeah. You know, um, and don't get me wrong, it's more work. It's way more work now. Like, I am exhausted from these past three days, but I love everything about it. it just, I can't it even just lie. It stretches you to your greatness. Absolutely. Because you're, you're not destined for that, you know, where you were. Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're absolutely going to um, possibly succeed even uh, your at-the-time boss. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, we will see. Um, and you know what? It was really hard to quit my yeah. position because she also made me accountable for everything. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I'm not going to tell your boss. You're going to go mm-hmm. tell her. And she's like, this is another exercise for yeah. you. Let me know when you're done. Go do it now. And, Growing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. Um, but it was received well. Okay. It was received very well. She cried. Um, it was a really big deal yeah. to her. And she gave me like this long hug and was like, you have to do it. You, I can't Good. fight that. Um, Good. And so now I am three days into a new position and I am figuring it out, guys. So, bang, bang. My message is demand your ish all the time. Just demand it and keep keep fighting for it, even when you don't want to. Um, And a big thing is people are always watching you. And so this woman I've never actually really talked to. Um, 
she's like the CEO of our company, um, of our charter management company. Never talk to. Like, right. when she come in the room, I go the other way because she is knocking bodies down all the time. <laughs> if you don't got it together, she is handing you yeah. your ass. Let's just be clear. And so I st- I've always stayed away from her. And um, in the meeting, she's just like, you think I don't know what you've been doing? Right. You think I, don't, I haven't heard about you? You think I haven't watched you? I wouldn't tell you that you get yeah. this job just because I knew exactly what I was doing. I Absolutely. knew what I was doing when I told you to choose if you was doing this interview or not. Yeah. Like, she's like, you, I don't make those type of decisions. I wouldn't put you in this type of position Very in my strategic. own company. Very you strategic know, without, and calculated. Yeah. Black woman. Oh, she was. Now, she a beast. Now, she'll get <laughs> you together. You and your mama and whoever else wanted. <laughs> but she did. Um, she knocked a lot of confidence back in me that I didn't realize was gone, to be good. honest, until that happened. And so, um, like you said, good leadership qualities. Mm-hmm. She was strategic. Um, she manipulated me. I'm gonna say that, but it was in a good, it was in a positive way, but she got me together. Um, and so I, I'm thankful for that. So I don't know when you, a couple months, we're going to see how I still feel about this position. Cause <laughs> it's a big undertaking. I have to turn around a lot of kids scores. Um, we got a lot of kids who are underperforming mm-hmm. and have a lot of barriers and they dealing with a lot of things. And, I am the key to making yeah. that change. And so we're going to see. Um, it's time for me to test my own strategy and yeah. my own um, influence and see what we can do. So we will see. And so just remember, you got this. It's in there. We talked about this earlier. Yes. It's in there. <laughs> yes. Just tap into it. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's see. Do you want to talk about the characteristics of good leadership? Yes. Um, I think the characteristics of a of good leadership, actually, um, is being able to coach your team. Mm-hmm. Like, that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody knows you're the leader. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to remind everybody every second of every day. Yeah, that's like, a huge thing. Uh, be a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, um, learn from your team, mm-hmm. even. Um, be willing to uh, share the spotlight mm-hmm. with your team mm-hmm. because you're only as good as your team is. Yep. And so yep. Um, I think that's super important. Um, you have to be willing to provide um, your team members opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. You can't pigeonhole them uh, to one space forever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that generational thing, you're going to get old. Yep. And somebody's going to need to take your spot. Yep. And so you have to uh, cultivate and equip somebody mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. so um, I just think a good leader uh, prepares for those things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so I agree. Um, good leaders, the biggest thing is coach. And that's different than just leading. Yeah. Like if you think about your football coach, your cheerleading coach, your volleyball coach, sometimes they were yelling at the top of their lungs at you. Sometimes they were talking about strategy. Sometimes they were planning with you, you know, different mm-hmm. plays. Um, sometimes you were having one-on-ones on, in the car on your way home. Right. You know, there's so many parts of coaching. Um because at the end of the day, the coach is on the sideline. Yeah. You are not in the game. You just help and yeah. strategize the game, yeah. but you are not in it. Yeah. And you allow your people to do what you've taught them to. Um, and as a person that has been a, a cheerleading coach before, a project graduation coach, um, <laughs> like, I've been a couple coaches before. Um, but being and good at it. Like being, I love that. Let me be clear. Project graduation was the bomb. Um, but just being able to stand on the side. I think that was more of my passion being fulfilled 
than actually being in the game. Like right. I've cried more at my kids' college graduations, yeah. my students, yeah. than my own because you, where we've come from mm-hmm. and just watching that progression yeah. is amazing. And it's important as a leader to understand that sometimes you're on the side. Sometimes you're just the coordinator. You're just yep. the person creating the strategy. But you're not, actually not in the game. And you need to allow your people their space to run on their field and do what they do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a that's one of the biggest things. Um, you got anything else? I do. Uh, communication is key. Mm-hmm. Period. Across the board, uh, you have to be able to effectively communicate uh, mm-hmm. with your team. Mm-hmm. Um, emails just ain't gonna cut it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A message just isn't gonna cut it's it. Not. You have to be able to utilize all streams of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to communication, listening. Mm-hmm. Please listen to your team. Mm-hmm. You know that will take you places mm-hmm. um, that just being uh, the boss yep. won't take you absolutely it will absolutely put you in a different position it will uh they will look at you differently absolutely. um i've experienced that and it's a great space to be in mm-hmm. absolutely all right um well so i think that um pretty much wraps up our main topic of talking about um black women in the workplace i want to slide into our our next segment really quick so hold um, up real quick oh, okay i think we need to touch on this work friends oh, okay yeah I, I think we should touch on that because Absolutely. they really do play an important role they do and so we can do it quickly so we can uh move on but work friends are very very important absolutely um and uh key players yep in mm-hmm. um how your work life operates yeah so uh talk to me a little bit about that so um I'm actually glad you, I'm, I hate I missed that. So work friends. Um, for me, I moved to Detroit. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any anything except my, at the time, boyfriend. Um, I did not know anybody. I didn't, I, I just didn't have any type of community. Um, my work friends became my life and still are today. Mm-hmm. My biggest relationships are my people that mm-hmm. I'm, the relationships that I made at work. We have similar passions. We have similar thoughts. We have similar experiences. Um, it's very important to be around like-minded people. Absolutely. Um, and so work, have, getting your friends at work is so valuable because you're able, I mean, you're at work at least eight hours out of your 24-hour day. Yes. That's at least. And then you're supposed to be sleeping the other eight. So that's 16 right there. <laughs> um, and so... I mean, and then you got your family and boom, you're done with your 24 hours pretty much. And so my work friends, literally every friend that I can think of that I have made here in Detroit, I made through some type of working. And you, Teresa, you, I mean, 100% you, you were my first work (laughs) friend ever. Like, um, you absolutely (laughs) were. And they, um, you got like, you guys have pushed me and shaped me into who I am in so many ways that I could never ever repay it Mm -hmm. um but on the flip side there's there's always a line you know keep your work fans at a certain level um make sure you are with your like-minded work friends not just people that all at your job um because I've also had experiences where that has blown up in my face Mm -hmm. because of work um I think my glow was glowing a little bit too much. And I think that I didn't realize it and other people did. And when I tell you I have been thrown under the bus 
thrown. I got fired on my birthday like four years ago. Like walked into work like, hey, happy. And boom, you are fire, fire. And I had no clue. And a lot of it, just being honest, was because of the the group of women that I chose to be around at yeah. work at that time. Yeah. Um, and chose to build personal relationships with, and they were able to use that against me, um, switch some words around, switch some intentions around, and I couldn't even unbury myself yeah. out of that. Yeah. Um, and it pushed, it's a whole thing, we could talk about it in a different show, but it pushed me into a whole depression and everything. Yeah. Um, but I still stand on saying that my work friends are the most important, some of the most important people in my life, and they have created a sense of community to help me build and help me grow. Okay. Okay. And so it is, I think it's really important to have individuals that you can kind of sound off to. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we all have those days where um, I'm ready to tear the place up, Mm -hmm. like for real. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can go into that one office or go for lunch with this one particular uh, work friend Mm -hmm. and just kind of... eliminate mm-hmm. um all of the tension anxiety or anger that you're experiencing just because they were a listening ear yep. so i think that work friends are uh, very important but you please choose them wisely yes yep so and be careful who you talk to yes. and what you say and who around absolutely because it's always politics and everything yes. baby. remember people are always watching yes. and listening yes <laughs> um all right so really quickly we're going to slide to our next segment the midas touch um if you missed our show last week, um, King Minus is a myth about a king who did a good deed and he was rewarded any gift that he wanted. So he asked for the gift of gold, um, of golden touch. So everything that he touched turns into gold. Um, so every show we're going to highlight people that we feel have the Minus touch. Everything that they touch um, turns to gold. And so this week we're going to talk about Coco Goff. Hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, she is the youngest woman to win the um, the Women's Tennis Association since 2004, and she's the youngest American in 28 years. Wow! And of course, y'all already know Coco is a black girl. Of course, <laughs> black girl magic. Um. Not only is it magic, but it's gold. It's gold, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so um, I wanted to highlight, she talked a little bit after she won, she talked a little bit about the advice that her dad gave her right before she started the match. Or no, right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I think that she had won one set and the other, her opponent had won another set. Now, I'm not a good tennis person, so I very well might be saying that wrong. So don't beat me up, guys. But I know, I think it's three sets, um, and I know she won one and then she lost one. And her dad basically told her, like, relax like she I think her anxiety was going all over the place and he's like relax we have not reached anything in a sprint this is not gonna be a quick thing you've been training for this your entire life you are prepared for this this you are pulling things from you from 15 years ago and she's only 15 years old and you use that to get you to where you are um and she says she dug from that, and she is now one of our winners. Sweet. So how do you um, feel about that advice? Is there ways that you think we can take that same advice and apply it into our world? 
Absolutely. I think that um, just even as we talk about our black womanhood in the mm-hmm. workplaces, um, just looking and um, even gleaning from the advice from her dad, mm-hmm. like you didn't just get here. You didn't just get this position. Mm-hmm. Um, even for you, you didn't just uh, it didn't just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It, it was a process. You had to work for two dollars an hour. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Through an AmeriCorps program. Mm-hmm. But it helped to build uh, who you are, the skill, the talent, all of those things. And mm-hmm. so being able to pull from that, I absolutely think that it doesn't just apply um, to this young lady and her particular situation. But I would just encourage other individuals to uh, definitely go and Google the article and, and hear what her father had to say to her and encourage her Um like you got this yeah. you know you've trained for this you were built for this Absolutely. like uh, this is your moment and and she showed us all that it was her moment Absolutely. yes um all right so I think we are getting towards the end. Do you have any last words that you might want to say? Absolutely. So I do want to take the opportunity and invite you all to join us for our third annual Emerald Scholarship Dinner and Fundraiser on next Friday. Yes. October the 25th. It will be at the Flynn Pavilion mm-hmm. on Belial 12 Seven one Loiter Way. Please join us. Tickets are fifty dollars, and it goes to support scholarships for girls and programming throughout the year. We really would love your support for uh, our scholarship dinner and fundraiser. Bang, 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 Absolutely. Bang, um, bang. And then also, our next show is actually going to be live from our scholarship Yay! dinner. Um, and so we're going to be able to interview some of the amazing women that um, are supporting us around Detroit um, and some of our business partners and some of our community partners and also to highlight some of our amazing golden girls. I think it's time to really give them a voice and um, they can speak to what they are receiving through our mentoring program. Um, I will say if you are not able to attend, your donations are still accepted. please donate. (laughs) They are still accepted uh, right now. Um, Teresa is doing a lot of it. She's doing more than me out of her own pocket. <laughs> and so um, I, we find ourselves buying hot and ready's and, you know, right. just gas all over yes. the city, just tons of things. And so if you can help in any way um, or if you're interested in partnering, please let us know. We yes. definitely are open to it. Yes. Um, we also are looking for sponsors yes. for our podcast and for our mentoring program. <laughs> So if you have a really cool business, um, especially if you're a black woman, we're open to everyone. But if you have really cool business and you want to make a real impact and um, spread your Midas touch, please contact us and let us know. Um, And then I just want to thank everyone for listening. Yes. Um, And just remind you, our podcast is now available on Anchor. Yeah, we got to get the applause in there for real. Um, <laughs> but it's now available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. Um, and you can also check it out on our website, www.goldengirls.org. All right. Well, again, I am, well, we've been saying Destiny the whole day, so I'm Destiny. <laughs> and your girl, t Thank you for joining us for the Golden Girls Podcast. See you. <laughs>
Hallelujah. 